When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And welcome into another episode of the Sick Podcast with Draft Vogel. I'm John Vogel, your host. And today we've got some nerdy topics to kind of get into. We're going to talk about PFF, grades, what they mean going into the NFL draft process, and then also about the actual process itself with some of the rankings and philosophies. Jarvis has some really good stuff to get into. But first, big guns in the studio today. Sammy, AC, let's get this thing rolling. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. With Draft Vogel. With the first pick in the 2021 NFL Draft. The first pick. In the 2022 NFL Draft, with the first pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the sickest NFL Draft show, it's going to be sick. And of course, as always, the Sick Podcast is brought to you by DraftKings. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the draft code, DraftKings code SICKSPORTS to get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just $5 on any NFL bet. So that's $200 that you get instantly because the crown, it's yours. Guys, we got Gam in here today. We got Jarvis with us today. Uh, full crew in for this episode, and we get to talk about some stuff that Jarvis has been, you know, he's been going on about in, the gr- in our group chat for a long time about talking about. So I'm sure he's very excited. Uh, Gam, you doing all right, man? I'm awake. Yeah. That's good. That's a I'm start. Yeah. And and Jarvis? Doing good. I'm excited. See? I called it. I'm good at this. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. So uh, starting out here with our little bit of a conversation because one of the things that we get a lot of questions about, I think, in you know media side and people want to know more about the actual draft process and how it works is PFF grades and what do they mean, you know, uh, coming into this this process. It, you know, people, a lot of people, there's a lot of PFF truthers out there, people that kind of they think the PFF is this huge you know like machine that's that's amazing NFL teams use them and colleges use them and blah 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 but then recently we had uh, uh JJ Watt on the Pat McAfee show kind of trash them publicly uh in a, in a long exchange that he well two minute rant is really what he went on so um Jarvis this was your idea so we might as well let you get the first words on it what did you want to specifically expand on PFF Gotcha. I just wanted to talk about the aspect of it's such a divisive thing. You'll go on there uh, on Twitter and you'll see people saying some players are like, it's the most useless, meaningless thing. They don't know what they're doing. And, 
you'll see people that use PFF. They're like, oh, it's so great. It's it's fantastic. I, I use it for everything. It's such a great indicator of the ability of players. And I first off, I want to know, how do you guys feel about it? And then oh from there, we could kind of go into discussing the topic a little bit further. Freaking Jarvis. Go ahead, Gam. Uh, I don't – okay. Well, okay, Here, here's my issue with PFF is we don't know who's grading, right? We don't know the people grading. We don't know what they actually know about football. We don't. I also had take issue with – it's like halftime of a college football game, and they're coming out with their grades for the players. There's no all 22 out. What are you using? What are you doing? And if you don't have that, then how can I really take, you know, put any stock into that grade? It just feels like a lot of it is for is for clicks. And just because no one else is like them, they kind of get away with saying, like, you know, who's going to who's going to prove us wrong? Who's going to do better? And it also I, I don't mind PFF and the, their grading, but I, I do know. Overall, it's a matter of if I do three easy things perfectly, easiest assignments in the world as a football player, perfectly great. I get a hundred grade. If Miles Garrett and Trent Williams are battling each other all game, and they're winning reps, losing reps, fighting each other, their grades are going to be lower than mine. So now the media, or you know, fans will say, "Oh, Justin Gamble has a hundred or a ninety-nine point three grade." Miles Garrett is 81.3 and Trent Williams is a 73. Justin Gamble's better. Okay. There's no context in these numbers. And I think that's the way people read them. And then they just assume like he's better. He's better. He's better. He sucks. He sucks. He sucks. There's not enough explanation into who's doing what and how they're doing it. And so it just becomes a matter of like the number is gospel itself and there's no context behind it. And now it gives people a reason not to watch football. And not to actually understand the game. And that's my biggest problem with it. I don't have a problem with the fact that they're doing it. I just think it's created this mush-minded population of people that suck at watching the game. And don't even have a passion for watching it anymore. And that's my rant right there. So <laughs> so you, from what I'm hearing from that, it's that it doesn't accurately judge the level of competition it doesn't price that into the the grade that it gives and i don't know if that's, there's an issue of sample size there too but like is that is that kind of what you're getting i just it lacks the context they, of hey th these the are other, two juggernauts battling the right. other issue though with it is the fact that we actually don't know we don't right. know if it factors in who they're playing against because they don't let anybody see the algorithm yeah, and that's a huge part. And they'll say, well, and I've heard uh, when I was at the Combine, I forget what year that was, the the founder of PFF was there and a bunch of guys for PFF was there. They put on this little uh, kind of like a little soiree at this restaurant bar and they hosted this big thing. And it was just a, a good weekend because there was a ton of PFF guys there, a lot of people talking about it. And um, my old boss, Rick Saratella, and the owner of PFF, we're talking one night and he was telling us like, it's just a matter of we're grading how well they did their assignment. And to me, when I just heard that, that's me saying, okay, well, some assignments are very, very tough. Some are not. And I don't think PFF is really falsely misadvertising themselves a lot. I just think they put out these grades and then they just accept like people are stupid and they're going to take these great, like I said, these, take these numbers as gospel. And now we don't have to, you know, we don't have to do any more, work we don't even have to give context we don't have to tell them how we grade what we do it's just let them fight and it's kind of like i said it's just created this really dumb football population of people that don't really understand that 
it's a game that there's so many variables in football as you know to begin with and now when you're taking out context and just putting a, a number grade that's dangerous and you know like we could say well Mahomes had a tougher game against the Ravens defense and he had a lower grade than Bryce Young did or someone did against the Carolina defense well yeah that's it's a tougher assignment so of course his grade might be different but let's not act like one player is better than the other just because of that you know what I mean yeah do you think that over the course of a season those grades kind of average out at all like because that's my thing that I run into is like I just got PFF plus because I was using it for kind of filtering through guys to to do for this upcoming draft class and just kind of making sure if I turn on a cut up the guy has more than 10 snaps um (laughs) and one of the things I noticed is like you pull it up and you sort by grades right highest to lowest And you'll have guys on there that have like 20 snaps. And you're like, well, that doesn't really tell me anything because he might have had one big break breakout run and then, you know, didn't really do anything. And it's like, oh, we got a huge grade. Well, um, so like, let's say your, your gripe is, okay, well, Miles Garrett against Trent Williams. Well, that he might have had a bad game based on the way they grade it. But if you take that and say, here's all the guys he played over the season, we take those grades all together and that gives us his overall grade. Do you think that increased sample size makes the number more relevant? I would say it probably makes it even out more, um, but I've always been someone that's like, I'm not going to go against anything I see. Like, I'm not going to just say something that I don't believe. And, you know, it gets me into trouble sometimes for sure. But I, I'm, I'm never going to say like, okay, I'll just trust that. Like, I'm going to watch it myself too. I promise you. I'm watching it. I'm not going to let anyone tell me like, this is the way it was. Don't even bother. Like, no, I'll see it and I'll check it out myself. So I, I think that's part of it is why I don't just think... I can't necessarily say, ah, eh, just it evens out. Like I need to see it for myself. But I also have a question for you, Jarvis. Do you ever think that some, you know, this entity that's PFF, do you think that part of their p- appeal is that they pander to the audiences? Because let's just say, like, it's like the big analysts, you know, Daniel Jeremiah, Bucky Brooks, Dane Brugler, nothing against any of these guys. They're all fantastic at their jobs. But if they go too hard against consensus, they're going to upset people and lose credibility. Even if they're right, they're going to lose credibility because they're losing people that like them and want to just hear what they want to hear. And sometimes I feel like PFF might be doing that. They're just going to give the people what they want to hear because they don't have to show their algorithm or their work behind the results. So now they're just going to pander. And if the media, if 90% of people want to hear TJ Watt is the best edge rusher, why the fuck would they not just say, yes, you're right. And now PFF is gospel and more people are going to subscribe because they're giving you what you want to hear. Why go against the echo chamber? You know what I mean? Like why? Well, stick the, your, and and, and it's not even just that. It's not even just that aspect either. The fact that, you know, like Watt went into the whole issue of the way that they kind of conduct themselves. The fact their grades aren't accurate because compared to a coach, a coach's grade and then their grades pulling them up side by side, they're way off. But it's also just the fact that you know, you had those contract disputes in the mid 2000, like the early 2010s, where offensive linemen were trying to figure out ways to get bonuses, and they were like, the agents were like, "Well, hey, we can use PFF grades, right? We'll use PFF grades to, you know, if we hit this grade on a, on this, we'll get a five hundred thousand dollar bonus or whatever that deal was." And then you had the the issue where, well, then they the agent went to PFF and said, "Hey, my client needs a, a an eighty five plus overall in the season grade." And they fix it so that the grade comes out to that, you know. And so there was that whole dispute, you know, behind the scenes where a lot of teams were at least believed that some of these grades were being altered so that 
you know, they would, they would, they would hit those bonuses. Um, well, it's like yeah, which, two years which ago JJ when- insinuated, but didn't go into detail about. Right, and when and when they represented Aiden Hutchinson, what was it two three years ago before the draft? Every single thing was like he's our highest graded prospect we've ever seen, ninety nine points. Like it was just like I I don't know how I trust them, or how I trust that they know what they're seeing because there's ulterior motives now behind it, and that's another part of it. And it's I don't know. I think like there's so many layers to it now. It's really tough to try and weed through, especially for a simple minded man like me. Like I don't know what I'm supposed to do with these guys anymore. You know. Why do you trust me and not them? Oh, I, I hate Jarvis today, man. I hate that he suckered me onto this episode without telling me all this <laughs> stuff. Oh, why do I trust you? Well, I think there's like a definite personal aspect to this. Like we've met and spoken about football in length and discussed our own philosophies and the way we view the game. And you're not just you know, watching a player and then you flash a number to me and I'm like, that's his number on that player. Like, okay. You know what I mean? It's different than that. We get into like in-depth conversations about football and player evaluations and, and how we do things. So I'd say that's why, but I don't know. Do I don't know what answer think... you want from me. <laughs> no, that's, that's a funny. <laughs> do you think that if PFF had more transparency on who's grading the players and what their process was and just kind of, they went in more I don't want to say that they don't have some detail and some transparency because like I actually listened to a podcast about their, how they do grading and I've, I've read through their, how they grade and all that. Um, there is some with grading players, there's always gray area. Right. right. Um, but it, I'm just trying to figure out if it's more of a, you just don't trust the fact that they're this big kind of corporate entity that you can't tell like, Oh, was this guy that watched it? Was he someone who's getting paid five bucks an hour in Bangladesh to grade this tape or is it, yeah. you know, a guy that I, I know and trust from the, the football community. So um, that's kind of where I'm, or I'm wondering with it. I mean, I don't think they're useless. Like I don't have a problem with what they do. I don't think it's useless information. I think a lot, I mean, I mean a lot of the guys that work for them are great. You know, like I like Austin Gale, Mike Renner. Um, who else? There's so many that I actually Mike, like. Mike doesn't work there anymore, but yeah. Oh, Mike. Oh, <laughs> you're right. You're right. Uh, Sam Monson. Is he, mm-hmm. He's still there. Yeah, he's like, still there. Yeah, FF guys are all over the place. But there's a lot of guys that do really good work, and you can tell like they understand football and their philosophies are on point. But it's, I just, I just don't think it's gospel. And I think, I think I maybe more have an issue with the way that their numbers and grades are interpreted than the fact that they're doing it as a whole. And sometimes I will say when you see them break down video, I'm like, you're wrong. That's not. Or like you know they'll they'll say, well, this linebacker missed this tackle, and I'm like, he took on a puller with the right shoulder spilled it to his buddy. His buddy didn't make the tackle. And now you're dropping that linebacker. You don't know what you're talking about. And that could be anybody like that's not even just a PFF thing. That's anybody. Mm-hmm. But that, and so that's football evaluation. That's just how it goes. But then when they're like, well, this is the grade. And then everyone's screaming in your face. Well, look at the grade that this guy got. He's clearly better. I'm like, okay, well, there's, we got to, you know, dig back a little bit and see like where this went wrong. So I don't really, I'm never going to say like, oh, PFF is just completely stupid but i'm like you have to understand sometimes like throw that grade away and watch it yourself and then come back to me you know what i mean yeah it's not that i just hate that they exist i just think like i said it's my my problem is it's just creating people that don't care to watch the game anymore and that's a big problem and your problem being more so that you have these grades and these people that think that this is the ultimate truth and not just a part of the evaluation exactly Exactly. Yeah. So like if I, if I watch, if they graded, you know, 
Samson Ibukum, 99, and they graded Miles Garrett, 71, and they played the same opponent, you know, two weeks in a row. I'm not immediately going to go, well, Samson Ibukum is better than Miles Garrett. I would do my work and say, I'm going to go watch this game and, like, let's see some context. Let's see what happened. Why one had a better game or did he really? But, and that's fine. And then I can say, okay. And then if I disagree with PFF, I disagree with PFF. Cool. I that's great. Don't have an issue with them necessarily, but I have an issue with people saying, I'm not going to do my own part. I'm not going to do my own part. I'm just going to take that for what it is. And that's end game. You know what I mean? So you asked me if I think they like pander at all. And I think yeah. that's a, an interesting question. I think it's one that's worth asking because I remember the Aiden Hutchinson era and it was very much a, they have that personal connection if they're working with Hutchinson yeah. a lot and that sort of thing. Um, I think that's a question that you could probably ask about almost anyone, right? Like when they watch a player, when, when you ask me, Mark, what do you think about a player? If I go and I watch the tape and put down a grade and then find out that, Hey, I put seventh round. Everyone thinks he's a first rounder. It's like, Oh crap. You know, or, Oh, let's say I watch, you know, some guy in the league and let's say I watch miles Garrett for a game and I think he has a bad game and everyone's like, he had the greatest game of all time. Then there's a certain pressure pushing against me. Um, I think the thing that, would potentially save them there is the way that they do grade from my understanding. There is an element of, even though there is a human development of watching someone watching and grading that tape, there's also a strict criteria for, Hey, the grade's going to be between a minus two and a plus two on every single play. Here's kind of a rough outline of how a guy goes up or down. And here's the situations they have, you know, with any algorithm you have that where you have some degree of stability, you're not going to have wild fluctuations, I guess. Um, yeah. with a good algorithm. I think that's something that might save them from that, but I think it's an interesting question to ask. And it's one that you kind of not only with PFF, but with anyone have to ask, Hey, how much are you influenced by the pressure of, Hey, you're watching miles Garrett tape, you know, like yeah. how, how much is that going to sway you, you know, maybe towards giving slightly nicer grades than maybe you should. Right. And I think it'd be a lot easier to trust PFF or at least, but trust them. All right, but but like, let's say I, I want to watch, I want to see a game and see each play, and I want to see what grade you gave. It'd be it'd be different if like they released grades for every single player, and like each play had a grade assigned to it, because then you can look and be like, okay, I get how they got there. But when at the end of every game they just pop the number, I can understand how they grade, but I don't know how they graded each play that got me there, and that's tough. You know it would be better if it was kind of like an itemized receipt. Like, let me see what mm-hmm. happened. Let me see what happened here. But the, we, we don't, the media or the public never gets that. Fair. It makes it hard to uh, trust. Another thing I would ask is, you know, I think you could kind of poke at Madden ratings with the same critical lens of like, hey, well, how do you feel about Madden ratings? How well do those reflect reality, you know? Right, right. I've met some Madden, uh, the Madden adjusters one time were at uh, the Combine as well. And I'll just say that, uh, I don't know if I trust those so much. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I trust the guy. Let's just. I don't know if I trust some of the guys I met that are given those grades because it was a it was an interesting experience to say the least. What? Why don't you? Why don't you trust them? I just when I talked to him, I was like, I don't know if they know. Like I, I, they weren't football. They weren't evaluators that day. I met three of them, and they were just guys that kind of appeared like fanboys and and I, i'm trying not to be mean to them like it wasn't like they were like bad people but it was just talking to them I'm like they're not evaluators it was simple as that um they were guys that are just like he's fast and good like that's yeah that's so he gets a 94 speed and 
it, it was just it was that type of conversation. It wasn't a mm-hmm. let's talk let's talk football philosophies and like what do you let you know this guy. Let's talk about the nuance of how he you know covers certain reasons. It was just a very surface dry conversation of he's fast, he's good, he's big. That's what we're hearing. Look at his stats, that type of thing. Do you know what I mean? You know, most of the time I'm just he's fast, he's big, he's good. <laughs> um, no, I think I think it's an interesting question because it's like you look at something like a Madden rating. It's like the overall rating is what people always focus on. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if you guys have tinkered with it where you just like bump up the awareness and a guy goes from an 80 overall to a 90 oh, overall. I have. Oh, I like, have. oh yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. like it's that's the perfect example of where you could pose that question of you know, are they grading based on what they want the overall to be? Are they kind of putting right. each little input? Hey, I watched 20 tackles of this guy just to see his hit power. You know what I'm saying? And, right. and that's kind of the same thing you run into with any type of grading scale is you, you have this issue of whatever you're putting in, what is that output create? You know, like when I did um, a grading scale that was purely, I'm going to put in these numbers and it's going to spit out an overall grade. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I had a whole bunch of issues where like the algorithm, if you want to call it that, was not good. I would have maybe way too much on throw power or way too much on, let's say, escapability and not enough on accuracy with QBs. With like Lamar, for instance, I had a really had a hard time with Lamar because when I watched Lamar, like I had a certain criteria of like, hey, this guy's got to be like a traditional pocket passer type. That's the way the scale is built. And so I crushed Lamar because he wasn't built for that scale. Uh, so I think I think that's part of where the question comes to with PFF is like, this algorithm that they have, you know, what are its, what are its strengths? What are its weaknesses? Where does it kind of come up short? I uh, wanted to throw in uh, another thing here, though, too, because one of the things John mentioned, I think, was the aspect of like, you know, you, you had J.J. Watt talking about, hey, I've took these grades into these meeting rooms with coaches, put them side by side. They're all over the place. Right. Yeah. And Jeff Schwartz, former Chiefs lineman. Right. That's where he finished his career. Yeah. yeah. So he he uh, he tweeted and he said, no real dog in this fight. But I once challenged a coach about my grade because I thought I played better. He said I did play better than my grade but that he can't turn in a high grade and a loss. Ridiculous. And wow. so I think that's worth throwing out there because obviously people kind of default to this idea of, oh, well, it's all about what the coaches are grading. That's what matters the most. But at yeah. the end of the day, there's still this human element of, you know, one individual person can only capture so much and their grades only mean so much. Let me ask you another question then because you bring up the human element. Do you think it's weird to assign a number grade when they are like, almost like – like for instance, I remember Von Miller uh, a while back in his career talking about his. I forget if it was a podcast or an interview, but he was talking about the way he approaches some games, and he was saying like, "I'll lose seven reps in a row on purpose because I'm just trying things. I'm basically a computer, and I want to see how the, the OT reacts to certain things. I want to see what his counters are. I want to see what I can get away with later. Like, so I'm gonna I'm gonna bull rush him twice in a row." on purpose because I want him to short set me. I want him to be ready to take that and then I counter it later. PFF now is assigning negative two, negative two on both those rushes where he probably got stymied right away. But he's like, I'm doing this on purpose. They probably won't win, but I need him to get, I need the offensive tackle to get in this mindset. I need to basically get him ready to lose later. So then later on when he wins reps easily, all he can get is a plus two. So now it's like that small window of grading kind of doesn't capture really anything that we just saw from Von Miller that game, right? He lost two reps on purpose. He gets two negative twos. Now he's dominating. He can only get a plus two. So the grade can't really fluctuate that much. 
everyone reading the grade after the game would say, I played kind of a shitty game. He ended up with a 78. But it's like, no, bro, he lost five, six, seven reps on purpose because now he's whooping that OT's ass and you're giving him only a plus two. Why not? He should probably get a plus 20. Like he, this was masterful from him, a masterful performance. And now he's done. You know what I mean? So at some point, I, th- I think there's just too, too many human elements that go into football and too many variables play to play to really say like it can only be a, you know, a five point fluctuation, negative two, negative one, zero, plus one, plus two. Maybe that doesn't capture what really is going on here. And I mean, I feel sometimes in hockey, I'm, you know, like I'm going to take down, I'm going to take the puck and it's a one on two. And I'm like, let me see if I can split these guys. And then I'm just trying to read what the defensemen really do when I do certain things. I'm going to try and go between my legs and see how he reacts to that. Later on, I'm like, all right, I've done these few things. I know this guy's weaknesses. I know what I'm supposed to do now. Now I'm whooping that ass and I'm not going to get enough credit for it because I kind of lost on purpose just because I need to function. Anderson Silva in the UFC was, you know, arguably one of the greatest fighters of all time. And he said for the first three, four minutes of the first round, sometimes the whole first round, I'm just doing stupid shit because I want to see their range. I want to see how they react to my footwork. I want to see how they move. He's like, I'm a, he said, I'm a computer. I'm just going to process all this information and then I'm going to let loose. Well, some people could say, well, for three, four minutes, you sucked. We're going to grade you badly that first round when he's like, I did that on purpose. That was my goal. And now, you know, I knocked him out at the beginning of the second round. Would you say I had a horrible first round? No, I did what I was trying to do. I don't know, you know, I don't know. I'm not sure what answer I'm looking for. I'm not even sure the question I'm answering or I'm asking yet, but no, does that make asking. any sense? Yeah. Um, I guess what I would push back to you with is who's like, let's say a, you and me watch it. We were great at negatively, right? He loses those first, you know, four, few rushes and then he picks up later on. We'd grade it poor early on, good later on. Would, it, would his coach grade it that way? Would his coach go, eh, you didn't, you struggled here. Here's the reasons why I'm going to grade you poorly. I don't think so. I think a coach would probably be on the side of awesome way. Well, like way that, to set that, that also up. goes, that goes back into the process, understanding what the player's process is, mm-hmm. right? Because coaches are going to be working with these guys. They know what the plan is going into a game. They help them develop the plan. So they understand that aspect of it. Whereas PFF is looking at it or anybody else that tries to grade that's not involved directly with the player or the team is looking at it from a overview standpoint. So, you know, that's why the, that's one, that is another reason why I think the grades would be off, right? Because we don't know what their process is. We don't know what they're trying to engage, but here's an, if you, if I was a counter your point with anything, it would say, okay, well, let's say he's in the beginning of trying stuff and trying to set up this tackle and he doesn't set the boundary on his own run outside running back runs for a touchdown from 75 yards out. Is that a good rep or a bad rep? Oh, coach got, Wait. <laughs> exactly, right? Because then it's like, well, if you hadn't been trying stupid stuff and just set the edge and then tried the stupid stuff, then we don't have a 75-yard touchdown on the board. You know, right. so there's so there's a lot of aspects. It goes into what what Jarvis talked about, like what, last month, about complex systems. Grading, football in, in general, is a complex system. Yeah. And so to me, the verdict, as I'm, as I'm listening to this conversation, as it goes back and forth, is that PFF grades are not perfect. Anybody that treats them as gospel, okay, cool, you know, enjoy it, have fun. But they're just another part of the evaluation. Yeah. They can be valuable, 
there's there's good information that PFF definitely does collect. Uh, so I definitely think that's a, I think that's a huge part of it with snap counts, with where people were lined up, with what the assignment was. Um, and you can sit there and kind of go into, okay, well, the missed tackles, that's debatable and all that, all that different stuff. That's all debatable stuff. That's true. But at the end of the day, it's just a part of the evaluation. It's right. a, it's something that you should be using to help you if you want to going into a game to study it and look at the tape. That's what it sounds like to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, like I said, Jarvis, I have more of a problem with the way people interpret PFF than what they actually do and why they're in existence, you, you know? Yeah. It's, it's not a matter and of, I, and I think that bad, was, but that was JJ's problem with it too, you know, because JJ, yeah, he trashed the grades a little bit and said they're really different than what the coaches put out, but it's also, he, the, a lot of the rant went into the conduct of, you know, the people that follow it and the people that use it. And then also some of the people that work there, you know, in the way that they hold themselves up high and mighty and blah, blah, blah. Like that was his whole deal. And that's why he went on rant, I really think, was more so that. And then he just took the opportunity to say, hey, your grades are nothing like what the coaches are giving out, you know, while he was at it. I think it was more so geared at the people that just interpret these things as gospel and think that that's just evaluating football players. And I don't know if you saw, Jarvis, but I was defending PFF all week. I was one of the the ones like, guys, you don't understand how they grade. Like CJ Stroud threw an easy picked ball into double coverage that somehow was not intercepted. But that was a clearly that's a negative two on their score sheet. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, well, he played a great game, you know, probably had better stats than love. And I'm like, they're, but they're grading each play. So that yeah. is where, you know, he had a few really negative plays that didn't actually affect the game long term because the defense didn't necessarily capitalize. But if you average out all those plays, yeah, his six or seven horrible plays that day, made his grade lower, even though he ended up winning the game and had a good game. And, you know, that was one of the ones mm-hmm. trying to push that. So I, if that's not proof enough that I don't hate PFF, I don't hate PFF. I just, I, yeah, it's like I said, that was one of the times where I'm like, again, people are interpreting these numbers as gospel. And now they, it's going against what they wanted instead of for them, like it usually does. And there has to be that middle ground of like, when the grade is bad and you don't like it, you have to defend it the same way as when the grade is good and, and you do like it, but people aren't willing to do that. And that kind of made me realize, like, I don't think anyone understands the process behind this whole thing. Yeah, I think that actually you bring that up and it's the perfect thing to bring up because I think it kind of ties to what in general I was trying to capture. And that's how well does a single number capture reality or a single set of numbers capture reality, right? So like a box score or well, these two quarterbacks had the exact same you know, stat sheet, essentially. Mm-hmm. They didn't play the same. That that box score captures reality less effectively than if people were to watch the games and compare them, than if PFF were to have their own grading system and say, hey, this guy had a mediocre game, this guy had a great game. So I think it goes to how well does any single thing capture reality, right? Like PFF grading versus a coaching grading. The coach is going to see certain things that PFF won't. PFF is going to have a comparative ability to like the rest of the league that that coach might not necessarily have. The coach might be relative to their own expectations, right? Um, Same goes for when you and I both watch a player. Each of us has a different lens that we're bringing to it that kind of brings us together closer to a kind of, you know, true reality of what what the guy did on tape. Um, There is an interesting... Uh, thing I shared. Now I'm going to make sure you watch it later on, Gam. Uh, but I shared a, a a video from Stephen Jay Gould talking about um, essentially intelligence uh, test 
and trying to get a single number to define intelligence. Well, how do you do that? Is there a true single number? And, uh, you know, we have a whole history of trying to do that. There is a, a guy in soil sciences that showed that soil scientists were trying to find a single number to judge the quality of soil. It's like, oh, this one's a 72.8. This one's a 34. It's like, well, soils don't really have a pure quality number. They do different things. The soils are all different, yeah. right? So a player might have a 34 or a player might have a 72. That's not going to capture the reality of what all the, all the various dimensions of what that player brings. You got to send that to me then. I will. Okay. But I don't know if you have anything else you want to add on. I thought it was a, we kind of covered most of the stuff I thought was interesting on it, but no, I uh, love you and I hate you. <laughs> you suckered me into that on a Saturday morning. <laughs> I thought we were going to discuss the Emory hunt, Felix, uh, Andy, like thing. So we'll have to save that for another time. I kind of got surprised by PFF. So I had to catch up on short notice with it. <laughs> no, I'm glad you brought, I mean, you activated my brain this fine Saturday and I'm happy for that. And, um, no, He's dude, gonna I'm go like, do great things now, boys. Yeah, I'm really happy that <laughs> I'm really happy we brought Jarvis because he makes me think about things I would normally never probably think about because I'm silly and stupid. But I feel uh, like I've strained your brain harder than everything since our first episode when we got on here. Yeah, it's been a it's been a it's been a wake up call though. I got to get smarter. <laughs> He's going back to school, boys. Yeah, I'm gonna but take college courses again. <laughs> That's going to do it here for the six podcasts. And so that's the verdict. PFF, it's just another tool. Don't put everything into it, but don't don't shit on it completely either. I think yeah. that's what we've come up with. It's there. So for the guys, we'll be back at it here shortly. This has been the sick podcast. AC, let's get out of here. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Draft Vogel on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.